<sighs> hey, good morning, everyone. Um, right now, it is currently tracking at uh, negative six degrees. Negative, meaning sub-zero. So, uh, it's a little chilly out there. Um, as a result, we have unfortunately made the very difficult call um, to have our Sunday morning service, especially this Christmas Day morning service, online so that everybody can stay home stay warm and stay safe with your families and um and also i wanted to throw out a quick shout that um if you're having difficulty staying warm um definitely reach out to us we want to do whatever we can to uh, help serve you and um and make sure that you receive all the warmth that you need um but I just happen to be indoors um, where it's nice and toasty. And so uh, I'm just so excited to, to join together um, on this Christmas morning because Christ is born. Christ has come. Um, the greatest gift that uh, God has ever given us, his only son, has been born. Um, so this morning we are coming together to celebrate the wonders of the great love of Jesus. And also, you definitely want to come next week, January 1st, the very first day of um, 2023, as uh, we um, just look forward to what God's going to do in this upcoming year. Uh, I know that 2022 has been challenging for quite a few, and uh, so, you know, we just want to shake those things off and, again, keep our eyes fixed on Christ, keep our eyes fixed on the promises of God and what He wants to do. And so uh, as we get started this morning, I'm going to actually bust out the old uh, BC Rich here. Um, you know, gotta love it. And uh, let's uh, just celebrate together the birth of Jesus. Amen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. So excited to celebrate the birth of Christ. I mean, he fulfilled so many prophecies. He came at such a dark time in the world, as we uh, learned about last week. Um, but he came at the appointed time, at God's perfect time. And uh, that's what we can look forward to as well, that Jesus is once again always with us, always for us. But he's going to fulfill his prophetic word, fulfill his prophetic promises in our lives at just the right way and at just the right time. And thinking about the wonders of God's love, of Jesus's love, I mean, it is um, manifest in so many different ways. Um, he lived life in service to others. I mean, thinking about that reality that, that God himself stepped out of heaven and wrapped himself in flesh, becoming fully God and fully man simultaneously, that he could uh, totally relate to us. You know, it's just amazing to think about that expression of his love. Um, he lived in full obedience to the Father, wanting his will to be done and not his own above all else. In fact, that's why he was so successful in his ministry life, because he only did what he saw the Father doing. We see his, uh, his, the wonders of his love being expressed um, through his willingness to give his sinless, perfect life as a sacrifice for our sins. 
for taking on a curse so that we might be blessed, for taking on the cross in death so that we might live, um, and so on and so forth. I mean, just on and on and on. There's so many ways that Jesus expressed the wonders of his love. But that greatest wonder of all is how he left humble, left humble, left heaven, <laughs> humbled himself, becoming just like us. In fact, this is prophesied in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, where it says that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And in verse 6, he, uh, Isaiah prophesies about this great light that's come into the world and how it came about. And he said, for unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. In fact, John, um, he talked about this great light coming into this darkness, uh, sort of, um, you know, paraphrasing the way that Isaiah prophesied the coming of Jesus. And he said in John chapter 1, verse 14, that the Word became flesh, capital W, the, the person of Jesus, the living Word of God. It says that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. And when he came from the Father, he was full of grace and truth. And indeed, we, we so desperately want to experience that great glory of God once again among us, within us, that his presence um, would just be so rich within our lives and, and among our gatherings um, that, that his glory would just shine once again, emanating his bright light into the darkening world around us so that we can be the light of the world even as Jesus was. And Matthew, um, you know, talked about the, the birth of Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 23, he said that this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. After all, Jesus was fulfilled prophecy about a coming Messiah who would come to break the yoke of the enemy, to demolish it, um, to destroy it, to set the captives free. He was coming to save his people um, from all of their sin. He was coming to be the perfect sacrifice. And so he said that this is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, meaning the law of God. And yet he also didn't want to expose her to public disgrace he had in mind to just divorce her quietly. It's amazing to think about the, the wisdom that Joseph walked in. He wanted to honor God. He loved Mary. He did not want to disgrace her. He did not want to make this a publicly known um, event. Um, <laughs> which is sort of ironic as we're reading it, you know, a few thousand years later, and it was totally a public event. Um, but it's so contrary to the world that we live in where everything is just broadcast on social media. You know, as soon as some kind of, uh, you know, juicy tidbit becomes public, you know, everybody wants to share it and talk about it. That wasn't the heart of Joseph. The heart of Joseph was to honor, to honor Mary, and yet to also honor God. 
and, and so he was thinking about how he could do this, um, you know, and, and walk this out appropriately. But it said in verse 20, and I love when we stop and we start considering things instead of just reacting all the time, when we start considering our response and we take that before the Lord, so often he intervenes on our behalf and he works things out in a way better way than we, um, than how things would have went had we had our way. And in verse 20, God did exactly that. It says that after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet that we just read. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then we're going to uh, jump to another gospel account, Luke chapter 2, to read through how this birth came about. It says, In the days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their hometown to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. We understand why that's so significant. Um, in fact, I believe it's Matthew that calls out that there's 14 generations, um, you know, uh, between uh, uh, all, all of these different, you know, significant events taking place. Uh, I believe it was from Abraham to David, from David to Jesus. Um, God, again, having the perfect plan and the perfect timing always. Um, and again, we see Joseph's heart here um, to, to look for a way not only to honor the Lord and to serve him faithfully, but also a way to submit to the new governing authorities over um, their land, uh, which were not very friendly to them, unfortunately. Um, you know, we're going to learn a little later about King uh, Herod, um, you know, as, as they implemented the Roman rule over the land. Uh, but he looked for a way to honor, again, both, always putting the Lord first, but also looking for a way to, uh, to honor, you know, whatever authorities over him or uh, those around him. And so it says that he went there to Bethlehem in the town of David in Jerusalem to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Talk about difficult timing. Um, we would think very poor timing and kind of may even think poorly of Joseph for taking her on that trip in the last days of her pregnancy. Um, but again, God had a plan and a purpose in all of that. And he unfurled it through Joseph's obedience. And it says that when the time came to be born, she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And of course, that reminds us of this awesome Christmas carol this time of the year, A Little Town of Bethlehem. And now we continue in verse 8, and it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them also. And this time the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And, and this glory that was shining 
terrified them. It says, but an angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. And he is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. Again, the Lord works in signs, wonders, and miracles. The wonders of his love. This was a miraculous birth, a, a virgin conceiving um, by the Holy Spirit. And um, it's just amazing everything that was taking place, how Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord, came into the earth. And they again said that this will be a sign to you, that you will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. A very peculiar prophetic word and a really strange word to, uh, sign to look for. And then it says, as they had announced this good news, that suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to all of those on whom his favor rests. And our prayer is that God's blessing, God's peace would be on you as well in this season. Whatever circumstances you're going through, that God's peace that surpasses all understanding would just swallow up all those worries, all that depression and oppression, every care of the world. Um, as we, uh, you know, actually burst forth into praise and into song here through that classic Christmas carol, Angels We Have Heard on High. And then we continue on verse 15. And it says, When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had happened to them and what was told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured these things up in her heart, and she pondered them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And so um, our prayer is also that, that you would be tuned in, not only to the voice of God and what he is declaring about you, about your circumstances, and about the world around you, but also that you would get a, a, an opportunity to hear that heavenly choir in heaven, that heavenly host declaring the praises of God so that you could join in and declare those same praises along with them. And at this time, we're going to sing a new song, um, which is entitled, Hope Was Born That Night, because indeed, it was hope that Jesus was bringing to the world. And now we continue on to verse 21. And uh, actually, 21 is a great representation that reminds us of the Levitical law, the, the Mosaic law uh, that we find in Leviticus 12 um, regarding childbirth. And we see that, again, Mary and Joseph, their heart and their desire is to honor the Lord in every step of their lives, in every step of their relationship. Um, and so it says in verse 22, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him on the eighth day. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I actually read ahead a little bit. That's in verse 22. Verse 21 says that on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was given the name Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Then when the time for the purification rites were required by law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord dedicated to the Lord, given to the Lord. Um, and this is where we, you know, kind of get our, our child dedication from that we do today. And it says in verse 24, and also they went not only um, to fulfill all that was written in the law of the Lord, but also to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what was written in the law, that a pair of doves or two young pigeons would also be given. And uh, as we see that uh, that offering was one that was to be given if one could not afford um, a, I believe, you'll have to take a look at Leviticus 12, but I believe it was um, supposed to be a pair of doves and also a uh, young lamb that was to be sacrificed. But if they couldn't afford that lamb, um, a pair of doves and two young pigeons was an acceptable sacrifice to the Lord. And just like Joseph and Mary, you know, here at New Hope, our desire is really to follow what the Spirit of the Lord is calling us to do. We want to be obedient to follow Him, to keep in step with the Spirit, so that we can fulfill the law of the Lord in every area of our lives, so that we can also be signs that make people experience the wonders of the love of Jesus. So at this time, we're going to worship to Spirit lead me, and let this be your prayer and your heart cry tonight. Now we continue in verse 25. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen with his own eyes the Lord's Messiah moved by the Spirit. He went into the temple courts. And again, this is why we just uh, worship the Spirit, lead me. This moving of the Spirit, this willingness to, to obey the Spirit's lead, moving when he says to move, resting when he says to rest, obeying whatever it is that he calls us to do. And, and as he was moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, being in the right place at the right time for that, that Kairos moment that we talk about. And it says that when he did that, the parents brought in the child Jesus for them to do what the custom of the law required. And at that time, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people, Israel. You see, even then when the spirit was on Simeon, he knew not only that this little baby was the savior of the world, but that he came to bring a light of revelation, not only um, saving the, the Jewish people, but also um, as a light to the Gentiles to reveal his salvation to them and to offer his salvation to all men and women, all who would call on his name will be saved. And it says in verse 33 that the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. 
Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel. And if you read the message from last week or listen to it or watch it, you'll understand that he's again referring to the prophecies of Israel that, that Jesus would, would be um, this rock and yet this stumbling block, depending on how you view him. And he went on prophetically and he said to Mary that a sign will be spoke, that he will be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Again, speaking to Mary, but prophetically speaking to you and I this morning as well, that piercing of our own soul, who is Jesus to us? Are we in awe of the wonders of his great love? Do we marvel at his glory? And it says that there was also a prophet, Anna, uh, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher, which again was a, a tribe of priests. It says that she was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. They had seven awesome years of marriage. But then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but she worshiped God day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and she spoke all about the child to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. I take that back. Actually, Asher is not... Um, it's Aaron is the uh, the the lineage of, of the priesthood, but she was of the tribe of Asher, you know, a Jewish woman who uh, obviously loved the Lord, worshiping him, uh, interceding, praying and fasting day and night, dedicating her life to the Lord after the uh, death of her husband. And at this time, we're going to worship, worship the Lord to the song fullness. And our prayer is that in this Christmas day, in this Christmas season, that we would carry the fullness of God, the fullness of his promises with us throughout this upcoming year so that everyone would get to experience um, the redemption of their souls. And now we uh, continue on here in verse 39. It says, when Mary and Joseph had done everything, everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And so we actually learn here that they were actually living in Bethlehem for several months. Um, it was at least, I believe, 40 days for the rite of purification after a uh, woman gives birth and um, you know so on and so forth. So they stayed there and they fulfilled everything that the law of the Lord required them to do. Then they went back to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And I love what it says here in verse 40. It says, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. And so you see, he was born and raised just like you and I. There was a baby Jesus and a toddler Jesus. And, and you know, there was a teen Jesus. And, um, and we actually get a glimpse of, of him at 12 years of age a little later on here. Um, but, but for the time being, I'm going to skip ahead also to verse 52. But he was growing up, not only, um, you know, in, 
in the sense of being a human, growing up as a child, but he was also growing up in the Lord, growing up in the grace of God that was on him so strongly. And it says in verse 52 that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and he found favor with both God and man. And again, looking at just the little glimpses that we get of Joseph's life, you know, I have a feeling that not only did Jesus get that, that wisdom of how to find favor with both God and man um, from his heavenly father, but I believe that he also, um, you know, gained insight in how to do that from the living example of Joseph, his earthly father, um, essentially his stepfather who was raising him. So men, on this Christmas day, I challenge you not to take lightly your role in raising your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and the legacy that you are leaving behind for generations to come. Make the most of these days, of these opportunities. It's never too late for you to find favor with God, to move in the grace of God, and to equip the generations to come how to walk in the favor of God and the favor of man. So today, and every day. My hope and my prayer is that our lives would be filled with the wonders of God's great love. May we experience and share the fullness of God's power to save, to heal, to deliver, to fulfill his word, to do everything that he has promised to do. Christ has come. Jesus is born. So Merry Christmas. And indeed, we do wish you a Merry Christmas and a very happy new year. May the Lord richly bless it as you walk in obedience to him, finding his favor. Amen.